Welcome to the Dwellings Podcast. We're glad you tuned in. Enjoy this message by Pastor Gunnar. Jesus, we give you glory. You just tell them, sing out your own song this morning. We give you glory. We give you honor, Jesus. We love you. We adore you. Lord, it's the reason we're here. It's just to give you honor, to give you worship today. You're so worthy of it, Jesus. You're so worthy of it. our lives this morning it's not much it's what we've got it's an imperfect offering but when you breathe on it Lord when you refine it Lord it you make us a pleasing sacrifice and Lord we We just offer up our lives this morning. That's all we have. That's all we know to do, Lord, in worship. We don't want to just sing a song, God. We want to give you our lives. So in the best way we know how, we just say together in our own words, in our own way, just, Lord, we give you our lives. You can have it all. Lord, we pray. In the few days that we have left of this year, Lord, that you would just revive in us just a, 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 an affection, Lord, for you, just a renewed devotion to you, Lord, that we carry on into the new year. Lord, we pray that our hearts would not grow cold, but that we would burn brighter than ever. And it starts with our affection and our devotion and our focus being on you. And Lord, we just pray today that you change and rearrange everything in our lives to make that so. If that's your prayer this morning, just lift your hands and just as an offering, just as a, as a symbol of sacrifice. Lord, here I am, surrendered. I'm asking you to breathe on me again. Renew in me the joy of your salvation. Renew a steadfast spirit in us, God. Return to us a fire and a fragrance, a love and affection, a devotion to you where we have waned, where where it has grown cold, Lord, we pray for a new fire. Just a tender love, a truthful, honest love with everything we got, Lord. We love you today and we're so thankful. We're so thankful you're here. We're so thankful, Lord, that you're going to speak to us today, that you already have been. We can do nothing without your presence today. We're just thankful that we can rest in that today, knowing that we're loved no matter what. Amen. You know you're loved no matter what, right? All right, you guys be seated. Woo, you feeling good? Merry Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas Eve. If you've not finished wrapping your presents, you're not listening to a thing I'm saying this morning. (laughs) Just kidding. Hey, uh, Michelle already mentioned it, but we're not having service next Sunday. Okay? 
Nobody cheered. I'm so thankful for that. Nobody cheered. Uh, we have been in a series called Deserts and Valleys. And uh, has this been helpful to anybody? Have you been encouraged by it? Uh, we're just not avoiding the realities of pain and suffering and all that stuff during the holidays. As it was stated earlier, sometimes Christmas can magnify those things. And that's just, that's just real, isn't it? That's real life. And so what we get an opportunity to do is actually celebrate Christmas for what it is, which is God coming down and being with us in our mess and actually sitting in our pain and our grief or whatever it is and inviting Jesus into that. Come on. He's the best friend there is. He's the best friend there is. So we've talked about what to do when you feel forgotten. How do you navigate abandonment? How do you navigate loneliness? And uh, we've learned that Jesus is here. He's with us no matter what we're going through. How do, what do you do when you're grieving? How do you navigate excruciating disappointment that sometimes Christmas can kind of bring to the surface? And, uh, and grief is okay. And we're learning to grieve with the Lord. It's healthy. And then last week we talked about what do you do when you want to quit? How do you navigate burnout with the Lord? And... Um, Man, if, if, if the Lord's led you to quit something, quit it, right? And, and, but if he hasn't, stay in the fight, man. Stay in what the assignment that he's given you. And this morning on Christmas Eve is a very non-traditional Christmas Eve message. Some of y'all came for the candles and the carols. You're not going to get that today, but I believe with all of my heart, or I would not be doing this, that the Lord has, if not one, two, three people in this room, watching online, listening to the podcast later, I believe that this day is going to be one of those marker days that you go back to and you say, that was the day when everything shifted and I actually had a new perspective. And it's not because the preacher did a good job. It's because of the impeccable timing of the Holy Spirit in this room, having you here, and he's going to rock your world today. I believe it. I believe it. So I'm talking today about, what am I talking about? What to do when you're under attack. It's real Christmassy, isn't it? Christmas is about celebrating the incarnation. It's God coming to dwell with us. Isaiah 9, 2, the people Walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. And hope, which is what Christmas is all about, right? We talk a lot about hope. Hope actually shines the brightest when things are the darkest. And so it's okay to even acknowledge things are dark. Things are not okay. Not a holly jolly Christmas. But Jesus, you're welcome in my mess. You're welcome in my brokenness. And I wonder today if there's people here who have not received that kind of hope. And I just feel urged of the Lord just to remind you of Romans 23, 3.23 says that every one of us on the planet has walked away from God in some capacity. Every one of us is separated from Him because of our sin. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But Romans 5.8 says that God demonstrated His love for us that while we were still sinners, while we were in our darkness, we didn't care less about him, he came for us. 
this is Christmas. It's the gospel. It's the good news that he came to us. He came for us in our suffering, in our darkness. Romans 6, 23 says the wages of sin is death. In other words, we get what we live out. We get what we paid for. We reap what we sow. But the good news of the gospel is the gift of God is eternal life. It's a gift. I hope no, none of you think when you open Christmas morning, you earned what you got. A gift is freely given and it's received. And if you're in this room today and you've never given your heart and life to Jesus, if you don't know how you stand with God, Romans 8, 1 says that there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ, for those who just put their faith, that put their trust not in their own works, but in what he did for us on the cross. We think of him as a baby in a manger, but he was a man on a cross, and now he's a king on a throne. And the door, this door of salvation is but a door into a life that you've never known if you don't know Jesus. And I'm telling you today, the door is swinging wide open for you if you don't know him. And Romans 10, 9 says, if you confess with your mouth, you believe in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That sounds really simple, doesn't it? And that's the beauty of the gospel. It has nothing to do with what I've done or haven't done. It's what's been done for me. Jesus giving his life for me. And so if you've not done that, if you've not put your faith in Jesus, man, it'd be a great time to do it. Start your new year with Jesus. I don't know how you're going to make it, if, honestly, if you don't, okay? I don't know what I'd do without him. But if you've been away for a while and you feel distant from God, first of all, you're not. He's here. And he's always been here. And uh, if you feel a little some way about, I don't know if I could come back, there's shame. Well, the good news is you can come to Jesus how you are. And he's the one that changes you. And so uh, maybe, maybe just come home. If you've been away for a while, just come home. His arms are open wide. All right, you ready? That was the, that was the thing I got started. What do you do when you're attacked? Jesus knows a little bit about this. All right. There was a king named Herod that was in power in Israel. And there were three guys from the east that came and they studied the stars and they got a little, they were doing some of that magic stuff, you know. Just like there's meaning here. There's something going on like this, this there's the, these constellations, the way things are aligning, it means something. There's a king to be born. And they knew that whatever was happening in the heavens, it meant a king was going to be born in Israel. And so what do they do? They go to Israel. I don't know if it's the smartest idea, but they go to the king in Israel. <laughs> hey, there's the guy's going to replace you. And he's going to be born. And Herod's like, oh, okay. Well, when you find him, let me know so I can come worship. Yeah, that's not what he really had planned, right? So the, the, the wise men, or that we call them the magi, they go and they find this child. At this point, Jesus is, some people believe, around two years old or so. 
and they bring him gifts and they worship him and they acknowledge the, the, the call of God on his life and his identity and all of these things and just confirming what Mary had pondered in her heart that the angel Gabriel had told her that he will save the people from their sins and he will be a king. He will be the savior of the world. And here these three magi come and worship and then they go home and they do not go back to Herod. Good call. Herod then becomes livid. And he puts into action basically infanticide. Just a complete wiping out of children under the age of two throughout the whole region. Now I want you to let, I want you to let that sink in because that's part of the Christmas story that doesn't end up on the card, right? Or the Hallmark movie. Like Jesus was born into genocide and he was the target Jesus has had a target on his back since before he exited the womb like there was there was a and here's there's a double thing going on like the prophet said he's the lamb of God slain before the foundation of the world it was always meant for him to carry our sin and die for it but the enemy doesn't know the plan of God. And the target is on the Son of God, but he has no idea how this is going to play out. All he knows is, I got to get that guy, right? And so for the whole life of Jesus, there's this plot that followed him. From his birth to his death, people tried to kill him. But what I want you to see is that there's a spiritual reality happening behind it. There was something besides jealousy and pride operating in that King Herod. It was that. But, but what the enemy does is he'll take our brokenness and our frailty and our sinfulness and our hardness of heart, and he'll just feed it. And so what the enemy was doing in Herod's life was like backing up the evil that was going on. And you see that in the 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 Pharisees, the religious people, the spiritual folks that come, came around Jesus to listen and to trap him and all that stuff, this religious spirit that they carried, they wanted to throw him off a cliff at one point. Like there's something behind it. And so when Jesus, when you talk about being attacked, when you talk about um, being hated, Jesus knows exactly what that feels like. Matter of fact, he told his disciples, he said, if they hated me, bad news, but they're going to hate you. And you're going to stand before rulers and you're going to testify of me and you'll be persecuted and you'll be killed. And this is, the, this is just the honest truth. He's like, I'm not going to sugarcoat it for you. Like, this is what it means to follow me. Like, you're going to have to pay something for it because we're living in a foreign land, citizens of heaven. There's this, there's this thing about us as believers that we, we never quite fit in as long as we're here. As long as earth is earth and heaven is heaven, but heaven is coming to earth. And that's where we fit. We're kingdom people. And so our values 
if they're aligning perfectly with the world, we need to be questioning our own hearts. We need to be questioning our, what we believe. Now, I'm not talking about being ugly and being mean to people like the church has been for centuries of like, we got it right and you stink, you know, and like just being ugly to people. No, but we do have to stand on the truth. We do have to stand to the truth of the word of God. And when we do that, Jesus said, look, they're going to hate you. Merry Christmas. <laughs> so what do you do? Like, it's going to happen. You're going to have people lie on you, not just because you're Christian, just because you're human, right? You're going to have people lie about you. You're going to have people accuse you of stuff that you didn't do. You're going to have people accuse you of something you did not say. You're going to have people question your motives. You're going to feel like all of hell is coming against you at some point, if not many points in your life. What are you going to do? Just ignore it? Pretend like it's not happening? No, what do you do when you feel attacked? How many know you can invite Jesus in on that? And he's there with you even when you're being attacked. And my point is, he knows what it's like. He knows what it's like. But I want to bring some balance to this conversation for all the churchy folks. Not everything is an attack on you, okay? Dane had a flat tire. He sent me a thing. He was just joking, but he said, the devil's after me this week, Pastor. <laughs> flat tire. He's just joking, but that's how we think sometimes. The devil behind every bush, you know, oh, the Lord is attacking me, and, you know. I don't like that because it makes a victim mentality out of the most victorious people on the planet. Romans 8 says that we're more than conquerors through him that loved us and gave his life for us. And so when we act like victims, we're not being who we are. And so Jesus also said that this, this y'all, this, I'm just going off the rails here, but he said that the kingdom of God is such that it's taken over. And we are the means by which he's doing that. He's bringing love. He's bringing peace. He's bringing joy. He's bringing righteousness into the earth. And the church is how he does it. It's time we start living up to it and not consider ourselves victims to hell. But actually, what he said, he said, the gates of hell won't be able to withstand the aggressive onslaught of the church of Jesus Christ. That's what we're about. We're on the offensive, not the defensive. So not everything's an attack. Like maybe, maybe next year we don't whine so much about things that are going on in our lives. I'm preaching myself, okay? So some things are legitimate. Some things are attack. Sometimes the devil's got a target on your back. He's got a mark on your head. Sometimes people won't like you. Sometimes people will hate you. Have you ever been attacked? Not just physically. Have you been attacked emotionally? Have you been falsely accused before? Sit in that a little bit. That's rough. Well, I know you really meant this when you said that. Like, like we can see each, in, in each other's hearts. That hurts, doesn't it? Can I just say this? If, you're, if you've experienced that, if you're currently experiencing that, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you feel 
that you feel that way. I'm sorry that that happened to you. I'm sorry that people felt like it was okay to talk to you like that or to hurt you like that. That's not the heart of the Father. Even if it came from church people, it's not the heart of the Father. I want you to know people may have hurt you, and yes, people sometimes have evil hearts, but there's something behind what's happening and is a spiritual reality. So in all that, saying all that, what do you do? What do you do? Number one, when you're attacked, you stay focused. You just stay focused. Most attacks that come in our lives, spiritual, relational, personal, whatever, are merely distractions. Most attacks are distractions from what we're supposed to be about, right? I learned this from the great scholar, theologian, Stephen Furtick. He'd appreciate that, I'm sure. He said, he said this, this is the first time I'd heard it. He, he, he said the word distraction comes from, I think it's the Latin word, that literally it was a form of torture. And where they'd lay the person down, they'd tie ropes around their hands and their feet, and they'd, the other end of the rope was a horse. Giddy up, and then you're scattered, basically, right? You're distracted. You're pulled in opposite directions. You're pulled in all directions. And that's what distraction is. It gets us preoccupied with everything else except the main thing. How many know at Christmas this happens, right? With all the parties we got to attend, with the, the gifts we got to buy, with all that stuff. And that's just part of it, man. But the reality is I believe that some of you here are not just wrestling with the swirl of the holidays, but you're actually in a season where you feel like you're under attack. And the Lord has sent me this morning to remind you to stay focused on the main thing. Don't look the devil in the eyes anymore. Look Jesus in the eyes. He's your deliverer. He's your help. I love the story of Nehemiah. Nehemiah uh, was called by God to restore the walls around the city of Jerusalem. And there's this moment where there's some naysayers that did not want that wall built. They come to Nehemiah and they say, hey, like there's, there's threats, there's questions, there's all of these things. And Nehemiah says, listen, all right. And he's building the wall. And he says, look, I, I don't want to talk about all that right now. I have a job to do. And the Bible says in Nehemiah 6, 3, it says, I sent messengers to them saying, I am doing a great work and I cannot come down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and come down to you? Some of us are so preoccupied with saving face with making sure our part of the story gets told. Making sure that the truth of what we know is part of the narrative, that we've gotten off track from what we're supposed to be about. And the enemy's like, I got them. When, when people come into your life and they hurt you, they accuse you, they lie about you, 
fill in the blank. Our job is to stay focused on Jesus because we have a job to do. He's not called us to correct the naysayers. He's not called us to clean up the messes and all that. He's called us to build the wall and to stay focused on the assignment that he's called us to. Don't get distracted. This encouraging, familiar passage in Hebrews 11, verses 1 through 2, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which clings so closely. Another translation says, ensnares us. And run with endurance. Focus. The race that's set before us. Looking to Jesus. Focus. The founder and perfecter, the author, the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Focus. Focus. Despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of God. We'll never be the son of God, but we are sons and daughters of God. And there's something about this sticking with it. There's something about staying focused to the main thing, on the main thing that causes us, if we do it long enough, we will be raised up in honor. And that's the word of God. He who humbles himself will be lifted up. And just like Jesus, he submitted himself to the Father's authority and obedience. And he even suffered even to a, the point of death on a cross. But God has raised him up and given him a name above every name. That at that name, every knee should bow and every tongue confess. But see, Jesus stuck with it. He stuck with it. You know what? I'm no longer, I'm no longer flattered or impressed by gifting. I used to be. Oh, wow. Like they're a great worship leader. Oh, wow, that's a great preacher. Oh, wow, that person really has a gift of communication. Or, oh, wow, that person really has this or that. None of that stuff really impresses me anymore. You know what impresses me? Long, faithful focus. Just staying with it in the face of adversity, in the face of opposition and attack. You show me, let me, listen, I got some heroes in my life that are younger than me, that are like, I don't know, it's not like they're the old aged, you know, hero. No, they're just normal people who have stayed faithful to Jesus when they've been attacked. And when the heat came, they didn't bow. And they're my heroes. Because that's what it's about. Because we're, we're tested in the fire. And I want to remind you today that if you're being tested in the fire right now, stay focused on Jesus. Don't be distracted by the voices. Don't be distracted by this. Don't be distracted by that. Just stay focused on Jesus. Help us, Lord. Help us. So stay focused when you're attacked. And number two, stay strong. Stay strong. I've already said this, but don't defend yourself. Don't worry about the narrative being in your favor. 
Jesus stood before Herod, another Herod. He stood before Pilate. And there's a funny thing. He wasn't like, wait, 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 wait. Before you, oh, no, don't pass judgment. I got, I got to tell my story. I got to make sure you understand what really is going on here. They're saying I did this and this and this. That's not what Jesus does at all. As a matter of fact, they're like trying to get him to talk because he's just so secure in his father's love and his identity and what his assignment is. He doesn't have anything to say. You, you, you ever heard the term silent strength? I think it was a Tony Dungy book, wasn't it? Just the strength of just, I'm confident in the Lord. I don't need to defend myself. Are you okay with having your side of the story not told? It's a good litmus test of humility. Oh, this is tough. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Choose humility. Jesus 5, uh, Jesus 5, Matthew 5, <laughs> verses 10 through 11. It's a good thing I'm not perfect in like, I don't have anything to laugh at. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. There's a reward. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven for they persecuted the prophets who were before you as well. And then Ephesians 6 reminds us, it gives us context of the battle that we're in. Finally, be strong. But say be strong. Tell yourself, be strong. If you're under attack right now, spiritual, relational, physical, whatever it is, be strong in the Lord, Gunner. Look yourself in the mirror and say, be strong in the Lord, Alicia. Be strong in the Lord, Chad. Tell yourself, be strong in the Lord. And in the strength of his might, that's good news. Because it's not my own strength that's going to keep me strong. It's me being strong in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God. Go dig through YouTube and find Lauren's message on the armor of God. Good stuff. It just came to me. That was a good message. That you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers and authorities, against cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, stand firm. Stand firm. Having fastened the belt of truth and put on the breastplate of righteousness, as shoes for your feet, the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. Be strong. If you're under attack, if you feel like everything's against you, feel like hell's burning hotter against you than ever before, be strong.
Stay in the fight. It matters that you stay in the fight. It matters. That's my message. Merry Christmas. If anything that I've said today struck a chord in you, and maybe you're facing some of that right now, I'm going to ask you to do something pretty bold. You know, I'm going to ask you to come up here and testify about, you know. I just want you to lift your hand real quick. Like, hey, that's me right now. I see one, two, three, four, five, six or more. Some of y'all getting braver and braver. <laughs> All right, keep your hands in the air. Um, let's have somebody come and play. We're just going to take, take a time just to pray over these guys, okay? So if you're near someone that's got their hands up, just put a hand on their shoulder. Come on, it may require you to get up. That's okay. We're, we're called to be strength to each other, by the way. You know that? The body of Christ. So just pray prayers of deliverance, prayers of faith. Your family stands with you. If you feel like you're being attacked, we're standing with you. Just pray out loud so they can hear your faith, be encouraged by it. Be strong, be strong, be strong. Be strong, be strong, be strong. strong in the strength of his might. We pray strength. We pray energy. We pray patience. We pray endurance for the battle. reminding me the verse that his strength is made perfect in our weakness it's okay to say we're weak because when we're weak he's strong so we just pray just the strength of the Lord over these right now just a few more moments Let's wrap it up. 
we're going to transition into just a time of uh, of prayer over this house of this church, but more specifically over our homes, over our families. As we as we're entering into 2024, I was like, Lord, how we end, how do we end the last service of the year? Like it feels important, right? We should do something. <laughs> yeah. And I just uh, I just had this phrase from Psalm 90. And I, I feel like we're supposed to just pray this together over ourselves, over our homes, and over our, our church family. And so I'm going to ask you to stand, and we'll, we'll just do this together. I didn't give it to the guys in the back, sorry. I'll just read it. And if you're, uh, if you're with your family, just grab a hand or something. If you're with a... And let's... Uh, Let's just declare this over our homes. Blessing. It's a blessing. Psalm 90 says, Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Before the mountains were born or you brought forth the whole world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. May the favor of the Lord our God rest on us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Let's pray. Lord, we bless this house. We bless our homes, Lord, this coming year with awareness of God for each and every day. We bless this house and we bless our homes with generational tenderness to God, with a faithfulness to God that only comes from just you breathing on us by your spirit, Lord. We bless this house. We bless our homes with the favor of the Lord. Lord, that your presence would rest on us. Lord, that the work of our hands would be established by you, that you would lead us and guide us in every decision that we make. I feel like the Lord is saying there's going to be changes this year that are coming, not only this church, but to multiple families in this house. We just pray, Lord, for just an, an, an awareness of that, a perspective of, of that, and that we would be very tender to your promptings in decisions in our lives, financial, work, family, Lord, we pray that you would be the reason for everything that we do in 2024. Lord, the reason for our ministry, the reason for our work, the reason for all activity. Lord, that your kingdom would come through our work in the coming year. I pray, I I've also just feel like the Lord is very intentional about this. There's There are businesses, business owners here I don't do stuff like this all the time. I, this is the best year you're going to have in a long time. This is this is going to be the best year. And I, the, we, just, we just hold on to that. We hold on to that and we claim that testimony in the name of Jesus. That your kingdom will come through our work, Lord. That your kingdom will come through our families, Lord. We pray for healing. We pray for wholeness in our homes for wisdom, for guidance. We pray for spouses, for those of us that our hearts are not content to be single. We pray for spouses. We pray for a gift of singleness for those who feel like they're called to it, Lord, for just grace for that. Lord, we pray for babies. 
Lord, for ones that have been told that you can't, you can't get pregnant, Lord, we just speak the life of God over wombs. In 2024, we thank you for the lives that are already in wombs in this house and that are coming next year. We bless these mamas. We bless these babies. Lord, we pray that 2024 would be a marker year of just the faithfulness of the church, a returning renewal of this house in everything we do, Lord. Jesus first. Jesus, take your place. Be first. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said a big amen, amen, amen. amen. Come on. All right. Well, you guys have a Merry Christmas. Don't come back next week. Have a Happy New Year, and we'll see you in January. Love you. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more information, visit thedwellingchurch.org.